Al-Barbahari Rahimahullah continues on what, what comes here as point number 27 on page 224 يفصل بين كل ركعتين هكذا قال أحمد بن حنبل he said رحمه الله and the hajj and fighting jihad along with the ruler continue and the jumu'ah prayer behind them is allowed and after it six ra'as are prayed separating each of Rakhas. This was the saying of Ahmad ibn Hanbal. Shaykh al-Fazan, Hafidullah, he said in explanation, on page 224, he said, the explanation, he said, the, function, the functions carried out by the ruler are many, and the place to find them enumerated. Testify all the functions of, and duties of the ruler and to find them mentioned together and where you can acquaint yourself with them is the books on the rulings relating to rulership Al-Ahkam Sultaniyya the books of Al-Ahkam Sultaniyya the rulings relating to rulership if you want to find these matters that's the, type, that's the books that you'll find it in the books that have been written <coughs> on this, such as Al-Ahkam Al-Sultaniyya of Al-Mawardi and Al-Ahkam Al-Sultaniyya of Abu Ya'la Al-Hanbali and books which have been written on this topic which explain the functions of the ruler and this is, all, this is mentioned you find it in those specific books, books of Al-Ahkam al-Sultaniyya, they're books written specifically about this topic, functions of the rulers, rulings relating to rulership. He said, and it is mentioned in the books of fiqh, and in the books of aqaid, creed and belief also, as occurs here. Finding all these types of books, books written specifically about that, in within the books of fiqh which gather all issues of fiqh you'll find it also and also as in this book because of its importance and it relates to our belief or what we hold as our creed and belief you'll find it in the books of creed and belief as well so then Sheikh Fazan he mentions some of these functions of the ruler it's indicated as, as are indicated in the text this section of the text Sheikh Fazan said firstly from these functions firstly is that he, the ruler, he is in charge of carrying out the Jumu'ah Jum prayer and the two Eid prayers and the Muslims pray behind him unless he chooses to appoint someone from the scholars or from the students of knowledge to lead the people in prayer however the asl, the basic principle is that he, mean the ruler, he has more right to leading the prayer with regard to the Jumu'ah prayer, the Friday prayer 
and the two made prayers. So if he appoints someone to do this, then he may do so. He can, I mean, he can appoint someone else to take this out, take this duty on. And this is what action is upon at present. In these days, is what we generally find that the rulers don't themselves usually, sometimes, but not usually, usually they appoint someone to lead the Jumu'ah prayers and Eid prayers. Second one, secondly, is that he is the one who establishes the Hajj and he leads the people performing Hajj and he is in charge of them and he looks into any problems they may have. Thirdly, is the establishment of Jihad in Allah's cause. This is from the functions carried out by the ruler. He is the one who gives command for it. And he is the one who organizes the flags. Obviously what's been referred to here when it means organize the flags, meaning arranging the disposition of the army units. He is the one who arranges the, the army, the disposition of the army and so forth. That's what's meant by he arranges the flags. He said, and he is the one who chooses the armies and those who are going to fight. And he appoints the commanders. And he appoints the squadrons as army units that are going to go off. And he appoints the armies. And he provides the fighters with weaponry. And he gives them directions with regard to fighting the enemy. Gives them instructions, directions with regard to the fighting against the enemy. And he specifies the direction in which they are to attack. So jihad is from the roles of the ruler. And jihad is not fawda. Jihad is not just chaos or anarchy. Just something randomly, randomly done however a person wishes. Jihad is not fawda. Chaos. Anarchy. Such that everyone who wants to take up arms and go and fight and attack does so and says, I am fighting jihad in Allah's cause. This is not jihad in Allah's cause. Jihad in Allah's cause is munadhan, it's properly arranged. And it is regulated by legislated regulations. It's legislated by regulations of the Sharia, Islamic law. But as for when it's opened up to chaos, then it becomes mere takhrib, becomes mere destruction. When people just take the advent into their own hands, take up a weapon and say, I'm what I'm doing now, they go off find the find weapons and say, I'm fighting jihad in Allah's cause, without the, as I mentioned, the regulations and principles and so forth, without the ruler. So I said, as for when it's opened up to chaos, to folder, chaos and anarchy, then it just becomes destruction. And its harm becomes more than its benefit, if there is actually any benefit in it at all. So the harm resulting from it is greater. So affairs have bawabit, regulating principles. And jihad is a, tre- is a tremendous affair. It requires 
to be correct, it requires that it is correctly regulated. And it needs to be restricted by the rulings which are mentioned for jihad in the book and the sunnah and in the speech of the people of knowledge. The matter is not vulgar, much is not chaos, much is not chaos or anarchy. So that a person comes from the callers to fitna, from the callers to discord, and sets himself up as the leader for those people who are extremists or radicals or ignorant people, those who do not know, he becomes their leader. And he says, we will fight in Allah's cause. We'll fight jihad in Allah's cause. Shaykh said, this is counted as being one of the things that cause harm to Islam and to the Muslims. And this is not jihad. It is not jihad. Because it is not restricted by the regulating principles which govern jihad. And if it is not restricted by the regulating principles of jihad, then it just becomes fasad, corruption. And it is not jihad. The principle, he said, and everything which exceeds its due limits, then it turns over to be, and it becomes its opposite. So they now say to those who criticize them, you are preventing jihad in Allah's cause. So we say, we are not preventing jihad in Allah's cause. However, we say that it is essential that jihad is regulated by its legislated regulating principles. Whereas what you people are doing is just fawdah, just chaos. And it is not jihad. And Allah did not command with it. So establishment of the Hajj and the fighting jihad and the Jum'ah and the Eid prayer these are from the functions of the Wali or Amr of the person in authority. And he said, moving on, his saying was Salatul Jumu'ati Khalfahum Ja'izatun and praying the Jumu'ah prayer behind them is permissible. Meaning, even if they have fisk, even if they commit open sins, and even if they have acts of disobedience, still the person prays behind them. Those rulers, still the person prays behind them. Because prayer behind them retains unity. And also, a fasib, an open sinner. If he does something that is good, then you do good along with him. <coughs> and for this reason, when they said to Uthman, anhu, once he's being besieged, so and so leads the people in prayer. And he is not the Imam, he is not the ruler. Rather, he is just an Imam of fitna. He is just the leader of discord. It's the leader of tribulation. So Uthman radiallahu anhu said, Ya ibn akhi, Ida ahsan al-nasu fa'ahsin ma'ahum, wa ida asa'u fatajanna bisa'atahum. Uthman radiallahu anhu, and he was the one they were revolting against, those people, those rebels were revolting against. 
when it was said that so and so the one who leads them in prayer he leads them in prayer but he's not the ruler he's just an imam of discord a leader of fitna of discord but Uthman he said O son of my brother if the people do what is good then do that which is good along with them and if they do something evil then avoid their evil in a footnote they mention this hadith is reported, this narration rather is reported by Al-Bukhari in the Sahih. You'll find it there as hadith, as hadith number 695. 695. As they say from Ubaidullah ibn Adi ibn Khiyar with it, with this narration. Shaykh Ghazan said, so if he prays, the ruler has sins, if he prays, then we pray along with him if he is the one in authority even if he has open sin or acts of disobedience because of the welfare which lies in doing that because the prayer is worship and the sinner a sinful person, the first if he prays then he should be encouraged upon that supplication made for him and the companions they prayed behind rulers who had points against them such as Al-Hajjaj and others the companions of Allah's Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam prayed behind them in compliance with the command of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and in order to retain unity and he said he's saying وَيُصَلِّي بَعْدَهَا سِتَّ رَكْعَاتِ And he should pray, after Jumu'ah prayer, and he should pray after it six rak'ahs. Shaykh Razan said, this is a matter of fiqh. This is a matter of fiqh. It comes here in accordance with the mention of the Jumu'ah prayer. And why is a matter of fiqh mentioned here? Because the issue of praying behind, behind the rulers, the Jumu'ah prayer, has been mentioned. So since the Jumu'ah prayer is mentioned, something relating to it with regard to Master Fiqh, is mentioned along with it. So he said, this is a matter of Fiqh, it comes in accordance with the mention of the Jumu'ah prayer. So the Jumu'ah prayer has no aratiba, it has no regular Sunnah prayer before it. So whoever comes to the mosque, then he should pray whatever is easy for him. And then sit and wait, and sit and wait for the imam to come out. And if he continues praying until the imam attends, then that is better, that is more excellent. Upon the basis that this is naflun mutlaq, this is unrestricted optional prayer, unrestricted naflun prayer. It has no connection to the Jumu'ah prayer itself. It's not, we don't say this is a, a, a sunnah prayer connected to the Jumu'ah. No, it's unrestricted optional prayer. Come to Jumu'ah, the Jumu'ah hasn't started, and you pray as you, as you wish. That's unrestricted optional prayer. Shaykh said, as for the Ratiba, the regular sunnah prayer of the Jumu'ah, then it comes after it. Its least amount is two rakas, and its greatest, greatest amount in what is famous is four rakas with two salutations, the two salams. In praying two, giving the salam, 
claim another two. That's what's famous. Famous with the scholars, famous that even in the humble Imam, that's what's famous that the maximum is four. And there comes in one saying, in one saying within the humble Imam, and there occurs in one report that it is six rakas, and in the most is six rakas, with three salutations. In praying two, giving salam, praying two, giving salam, and praying the last two, giving salam. Therefore, its least amount will be two rakas. And its greatest amount is six rakas, or four rakas, as is what is famous. And the four is what is well known, famous. His saying, "Yafsilu bayna kulli rakatain," hakeda qala Ahmad ibn Muhammad, that he should make he separates between each two each pair of two rakas. This is this was the saying of Ahmad ibn Muhammad. In a footnote, they mention here that occurs in the Masail of. Abdullah, the son of Imam Ahmad. There's a small side point here. There are a number of books of the students of, where the students of Imam Ahmad they report matters of fiqh from him. And there are a number of separate books in that regard. There's the Masail of his son Abdullah, the Masail of his student Abu Dawood, and the Masail of a number of other his students. Each one is called the Masail of Imam Ahmad by such and such from his students. So this one referred to here is the Masail, the questions of fiqh put to Imam Ahmad collected by his son Abdullah, Abdullah the son of Imam Ahmad, so there occurs, he said that Abdullah said, I asked my father how many should, how many, I mean rakas should a man pray after Jumu'ah? I said, what is more beloved to you? He asked his father, what's more beloved to you that he should pray? So he said, if he wishes he can pray four after the Jumu'ah, and if he wishes he can pray six Accept that he should give the salutation after each two rakhas. That is the same with regard to all of the prayers of the day. All of them are in twos, in pairs. All the optional prayers of the day are in pairs. <coughs> then Shaykh Ghazan said, commenting upon this saying, that he separates each pair of rakhas. This was the same with Muhammad ibn Hanbal. Shaykh Ghazan said, meaning, that does not mean that he prays six rakas all together with one salam, with one salutation at the end of it. Rather, six rakas, every two rakas with one salam, salutation, with a, a salutation after it. Or four rakas with each pair of rakas with one salam. Two, then salam, then two. And this is better. And it's being ascribed to Imam Ahmad is because the author, meaning Imam al-Barbahari, was a Hanbali. From the students of the students of Imam Ahmad, Ibn Hanbal. And he was well acquainted with the position of Imam Ahmad. This was a saying, a report from Ahmad, that it is six rakas. But what is famous is that it is four rakas even within the humble method, what's famous is its four. As a side point here before moving on, then Sheikh Ahmad al-Najmi, he mentioned this issue in his explanation, and he mentioned that there are evidences for two, and there are evidences for four. <coughs> and remember that, as a side point, in the Salihin we had, the hadith of Ibn Umar, quoted by Bukhari Muslim, that the Prophet sallallahu after the Jumu'ah, he would enter his house and pray to Raqqa's. Likewise, in Sahih Muslim, there's a hadith 
Allah's Messenger said, when one of you has prayed the Jumu'ah, let him pray four after it. If he's going to pray, let him pray four after it. So we find a, a, a narration that the Prophet after Jumu'ah was entered his house and prayed two. I find a narration where he mentioned, encouraged praying four. So Shaykh Ahmed mentioned, both, mentioned that there's a proof for two and proof for four. Then he said, and the six, as for praying six, the six is one report from Imam Ahmed. And it was the saying from the companions of Ali ibn Abi Talib and Abu Musa radiallahu anhuma. And from the Tabi'een, it was the saying of Ata and Mujahid. The two great Imams of Makkah from the Tabi'een, Ata ibn Abi Rabah and Mujahid ibn Jabr. He said, and of Humayd ibn Abdurrahman. And it was the saying of Al-Thawri, in Sufyan Al-Thawri, great Imam. And then Shaykh Ahmad preferred the view, same as he mentioned before, about it was the view of Shaykh Al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, that what is preferred in his view is if a person prays it in his house, that he prays to that person. And if he prays it in the mosque, he prays for. So that's more established with regard to the evidence behind it. Allah Alaikum.